And I suppose the more senior I got, it became very clear to me that I didn't see women in senior positions. I had no role models. There was nobody like me at a more senior level. Hi, I'm Lauren Stiving, and today we've invited Steph Lilly to this episode of the Career Success Podcast to discuss how women can thrive in sales. Sales can be a very male-dominated function, and traditionally, traits like competitiveness, arrogance, and aggressiveness have been intrinsically linked to what a successful salesperson should look like, which has left many women standing on the sidelines. Steph, why don't you start off by telling us about your story? Okay. Thanks, Lauren. My name is Steph Lilly. I am the sales director for the um, UK and Ireland hygiene business for Reckitt Benkiza. I am what is called an RB lifer. So I've been at RB for my entire career. I started as a graduate um, on their graduate program and most of my career has been in sales. So from a kind of bright-eyed 23-year-old through to now, I, um, I've worked in our, in our sales teams. So whether that be with accounts or in our sales strategy teams, that's been the majority of what I've done. I've also done it across a few different countries as well and working globally. So I have a a relatively good view of uh, what sales looks like across the world. Okay, great. Yeah, I know you were in Russia, which not that many people can say. So definitely been in in different types of environments as well. So yeah, why don't you tell us a bit about, you know, your journey briefly, of course, uh, through sales so far? Yeah, I thought that... One of the best ways to talk about this might be my kind of emotional journey, as sure. it were, and how how I've seen how that's changed for me and kind of what I've realized about being a woman in sales as I've gone along. So I started out, as I said, quite young <laughs> in my early 20s, um, working in sales. And um, it was, you know, for me, when I started in my career, like most people, you know, anything seemed to be possible. And I didn't think there were any barriers to me doing anything. You know, I I have a great education. I thought I was awesome, and I thought I could do anything. And then, um, and the first couple of years, you know, that's that was my career. It was, uh, and I I got promoted in line with what I expected, and and that seemed all fine. And I I didn't really think about there being any barriers. It never occurred to me, particularly in my early career, that most of the time I was the only woman in the room, surrounded by men almost all the time, whether that be with retailers or within my own business. And I only really, I suppose, came to, that only really occurred to me as I sort of got a few years into my career. And then I moved through various different accounts within the UK predominantly to begin with. And I worked in different sectors. So I worked in healthcare and personal care. I also worked in household. And I suppose the more senior I got, it became very clear to me that I didn't see women in senior positions, I was, I had no role models. Like I, I didn't, there was nobody like me at a more senior level. And I found that, you know, at that kind of middle stage of my career to be quite disconcerting and and quite disappointing. And I, I really didn't see anybody in my own business I could look up to. And I didn't really see that many people, you know, in other businesses in the UK, but you know, that I could look up to. And I found that really difficult. And then and at the same time, I also started to notice around that time in my career that I was probably treated differently to some of my male counterparts. And it's only with reflection that I really noticed that. I think at the time, I didn't really compute why I felt like I was maybe a bit stunted in my progression or I was a bit stunted in what was going on around me. And I didn't feel like I was getting feedback that reflected what I needed to do. 
and I found the feedback in that part of my career very conflicting as well. So, you know, that was kind of the middle stage of my career where I, I really started to notice that there was potentially a barrier to me doing what I wanted to do. And I definitely changed myself at that point. So I okay. started to change how I behaved, who I was, what I stood for. And I think it made me, and I, I'm telling you this because I know this is the experience of a lot of women in, in my industry, made me quite miserable. I wasn't authentic anymore. Like I, I wasn't, you know, that wasn't who I was. And then I went on this, in, RB as a company went on this incredible journey, sort of around 2015, 16. And I went on it with them, which was great for me. There was a kind of a bit of a turning point in my career for me where I I went on a leadership course. And for the first time ever, somebody asked me what kind of leader I wanted to be. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what kind of leader I want to be because you know, this business has spent the last however many years telling me what to do. Yeah. And now you're asking me what I want to be. And I haven't got a clue because I've changed so much about myself to fit in with what I think I should be doing that now I don't even know what that means. And so then I, I, I suppose I had a probably like two years of, of trying to find what, what made me happy and what made me comfortable and then realized that I, whilst what we believe to be a highly successful person in sales is ultra competitive, super aggressive, very outspoken, um, definitely an extrovert. All of these things are, are the things that we traditionally have said are the right things for a salesperson. Actually, that's some of those are true of me, but not all of them. Like I have quite a nurturing personality. I really care about people. I really care about my team. And when I started to put those values at the front and center of what I do, I actually found myself in my first sales director role, which is what I'm doing now. And you know what? It has not stopped me from being a good sales director. And it has not stopped us as a business from achieving great results. And it means then that you know, my team see a different way of, of being a sales director. They see a different way of being a leader. And hopefully it means that myself and other women like me around the world are showing that there you can be a woman and be a good sales director. You can be a woman and get far in sales. There's not a one size fits all type. Sure. Yeah. And I guess coming down to the actual diversity and leadership styles, mm -hmm. I think more and more companies are as well seeing that you do need diverse styles of leadership that it kind of used to be like, hey, this is our corporate culture. And this means we have this type of leadership style, but really opening that up to different types of, of styles. How do you think that senior leaders, because senior leaders, meaning both men and women, can help to support women to feel more comfortable and really be their authentic selves? I think there are a couple of ways that you can really do that. The, the first one is around showing the way. And what I've noticed in, in my company in the last kind of two years, and it's been incredible, and I know that it's something that, you know, will be familiar to a lot of people, is that senior leaders, and, you know, I do it all the time as well, show their vulnerability. Like, they talk about what their development areas are. They talk about what they're not comfortable with. They talk about the failures that they've had in their career. And they talk with humility. I know it, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it makes people so much more confident. Like when, if you look at leaders and all you see is this like unbreakable, super confident person who you think is perfect, 
and like how can you ever possibly achieve that like yeah. how how whereas you know if you see leaders who are who say you know do you know what i this I need to work on this because this I'm not great at. But over here, I'm really good at this. So you want to talk to me about this? Please, let's let's have a conversation. I think I can help you. So that's the first thing. The second thing as well is, is all around making sure that we don't shut people down. I'm a massive believer that this starts with personalities, like starts with personality types. So in sales in particular, as I was saying before, we in the past have recruited for a particular personality type. We've recruited for super confident people who are highly competitive because Mm -hmm. we believe that's what we need in sales. Actually, if you look at a negotiation, which is one of the key skills that you need to have as a salesperson, you don't want somebody who's highly competitive because negotiations in our industry are not about winning and losing. If somebody loses, everybody loses. So actually, you know, when you start to break it down, is competitiveness what we really want? And then, you know, confidence, confidence is great, but it can very quickly stray into arrogance, which Mm -hmm. makes it very difficult to build relationships with people, which is another key core strength that you need in sales. So, you know, making sure that you have Balance in the type of people, the type of personalities that you have in your team will naturally lead to having a more diverse team and it will make both men and women feel more comfortable. So I'm a a huge believer that those are the kind of the two key things as a leader you can do to improve diversity in all sorts of ways within your sales organization. Sure. And um, I mean, I think overall, like looking at sales is is one area. And I think that um, role models, as you had mentioned before, like di- that you didn't see a role model. I think that that's key. And a lot of times when we're approached by different companies that really want to encourage diversity, all types of diversity or gender diversity, and then you look and all the senior leadership is one specific type of person, the board is one specific type of person, and they say like, yeah, we we can't get women to stay here. And that's always one of the, for me, the first things to recommend is like, you need to have senior women so that they can see a role model. What types of role models or coaches or what types of people kind of supported you along your journey when you started realizing that? Did you look to get that help outside or did it Mm. timing wise come right at the time when they started that developmental program or... Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So what's super interesting as well is it's not just about having women in like more senior roles. It's basically put women in charge of the P&L. The biggest difference you can make is not just having women in in senior roles, which by the way is great, but commercial decisions are largely what drives FMCG, which is the industry I work in. And um, therefore, if you put women in charge of a P&L, you automatically provide a role model for people. What I did actually, yes, I I did look externally for guidance. I'm very fortunate to know women who work in quite high pressure environments, not necessarily within FMCG, but um, I have, you know, friends from university, particularly who are lawyers and teachers and who do all kinds of things which are very high pressure and, and are who I look up to. So that is the first thing. But actually, within our HR community in RB, I found, um, you know, one or two women who are in very senior positions who, whilst they weren't necessarily a natural role model for me because Mm -hmm. they don't do a similar kind of job, if that makes sense. Sure. They had some fantastic insights around my behavior, you know, how I could feel more comfortable around, um, you know, helping me to get over some of my, uh, my development areas. And the big thing was around being comfortable with the fact that it's, if you're the first, it doesn't matter. Somebody needs to be the first, right? 
We've sure. had women do senior roles in this business. We've had CMOs who were women. We've had, you know, very senior women in finance. We've had very senior women in HR. Just because we haven't had a senior woman in sales doesn't mean we won't. It just sure. means that there hasn't been one yet. So don't worry about it, basically. And and now I'm, you know, I'm pleased to say we do. I mean, our chief commercial officer in the US is a woman. And, uh, and you know, we have two female regional directors in the UK. In fact, in the UK, in the hygiene business, we now have almost half of our management team is now women. So, you know, marketing okay. and sales and regional director, all women. Same on the health side, you know, we have a regional director and a marketing director who are both women. So, you know, floodgates kind of opening up my company, which is great. But it was more about me becoming comfortable with the situation, to be honest, and going about that by talking to people that already were comfortable with the situation. And I myself really love sales. I think it's very interesting. And I would say to encourage other females to Mm. also go into the function, what would you say to them? Why do you like sales? Oh, wow. Um, Why do I like it? Um, I like sales because now I like it because of my team. I mean, I I love my team. I like working with them on a day-to-day basis. They are great to work with. They always pick me up when I feel down. Like there are a fantastic bunch of people who are achieving incredible things. When I first joined sales and when I worked on, you know, in accounts and then when I worked in sales strategy, there's an element also of, of loving the people that I work with and just enjoying that and enjoying, you know, being with people who wanted to make a difference for the business. But what I like about the function generally is that there is no two days are ever the same in sales. It's a massive cliche. A lot of people say it about what they do, but genuinely it's not the same. Like you come into work one day and you think you're going to do this and your account phones you and suddenly you're not doing that anymore. You're doing something completely different. And more than any other function in, as a supplier, more than any other function it has a direct impact on the numbers of the business. And you can see that tangibly. If you're somebody that likes to like see tangibly the results of your work, like you can really see that when you work in sales because you have a P&L and you have sales in the market and all that kind of stuff and you products on the shelf that you can tangibly look at and say, I did that, like I made that happen. And I've always found it to be fun. Like I have a, a few values that I try and live by. And one of them is to make sure I have fun because I spend too much time at work not to have fun. (laughs) Well, Steph, thank you for your insights. I'm sure that there will be a lot of females listening to this and males as well that will get excited about coming into sales. And hopefully, um, you know, if we all work together to, to make the function more equal, I'm sure it will be even more successful. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Laura.